When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It is divisional playoff time. We had super wild card weekend last weekend. Some exciting games, some nail biters. And now we're at the divisional playoff weekend. It's one of my favorite football weekends of the year because generally the football is pretty, pretty good this weekend. This is Kenny and Carla on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You can watch us on a simulcast on that app as well. And listen to us also on your smart speaker. Alongside Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're filling in for Kenny and Carlin today. Want to join the conversation? Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN or 888-729-3776. So Aaron, like, we're going to get into some football here. We're going to get into some actual games instead of pontificating about quarterbacks here. That sounds good to me. You know, it's funny. We spent a lot of time talking about Rodgers and and Brady. You know, there's the Mahomes guy, the Allen guy, the Burrow guy, the Hurts guy. I'm excited to actually watch them get to play football this weekend. Yeah, we're going to finally get to talk about quarterbacks who, guess what, Aaron? They're still playing, and we're going to start with the first game of the weekend. Jaguars at Chiefs. This game is at Kansas City. It's at Arrowhead. Chiefs favored by eight and a half points. These guys met in week 10. Kansas City beat Jacksonville 27-17. They jumped out to a 20-0 lead in that game. Patrick Mahomes, 26-35, 331 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Aaron, do you expect more of the same? You think Jacksonville's found something different? Where are we at here? Jacksonville's had a great year. Um, kudos to them. They should almost maybe throw a parade down there after what they had to deal with with Urban Meyer last year. And they had a very memorable playoff win on Saturday. But but this is where it's going to come to a screeching halt. They are not going to go into Arrowhead and pull this level of upset. Not only do I like the Chiefs in this game, but uh, one of us may have been on a certain betting app as soon as this line was posted <laughs> because I assumed that it was only going to be going up from there. Uh, I'm da- that that person. One of us had to be you because ga- gaming is not legal where I live in Georgia. Here's what Patrick Mahomes had to say about getting to see Jacksonville again. I think the only difference is they might just have uh, a little bit more confidence just because they're winning football games right now. But they, they're a talented team. I knew that the first time we played them. Uh, you can see the talent that they had. Uh, they were flying around to the football. Uh, they made a few mistakes here and there, and that's why we kind of got the win the first time. But uh, we understand how good this football team is. Um, and how much of a challenge is going to be for us to go out there and try to find a way to get a win. Listen, confidence is key. Patrick Mahomes is right. But I don't care how much confidence you have. Jacksonville just does not have the roster to compete with Kansas City at this moment. It's a good roster. It's a young roster. It's a roster that, frankly, should win the AFC South for a long time going forward. But Kansas City might be the be- second best team in the NFL. Maybe you can argue the best team in the NFL. Right. I, I just don't know if I see it right. going a, forward here ton, for them. Uh, for, with a ton of playoff experience. And this will be yeah. a good experience, by the way, for Jacksonville to go into, you know, probably the most hostile environment there is and see how they react to that. And if I were them, man, if I'm in the game in the second half, that's a big win. 
And I would say if I'm Jacksonville, man, this got to be a game where I – this is such a cliche, but it's so true for them. They got to really let it all hang out here. <laughs> you know, right? Like, leave nothing in the playbook. If you've got a triple reverse, run it. If you want to go for it on fourth down, go for it. No one's expecting you to really do anything here. Like, you got to try to throw everything at this and score every point you possibly can because the only way they're going to hang with that defense, to me, and you gave them a Holmes numbers in the four touchdowns, they got to score 30. You know, even to be able to hang in this game, in my opinion. You know, you saying all that made me think of the water boy. And I don't know if you remember, like, the penultimate scenes in the water boy. And you've got, I think it was Brent Musburger saying, last game of the year. Got to let it all hang out. Like, I just kept thinking of that over and over and over again. One thing to note for Jacksonville, after they lost to Kansas City, they had their bye. They've lost only once since, and that was to the Detroit Lions in week 13. Like, this team has found something since then. I think it's going to be a more competitive game. I actually will take the Jags with the points, but Kansas City is going to win this game. Let's go to the night game on Saturday. Giants at Eagles. These two teams, I, you know, I think they like each other a lot, Aaron. I don't think there's any animosity or hate here whatsoever with the Giants and Eagles. Yeah, especially uh, the two cities, really. Yeah, no, Philly. Well. I mean, I grew up outside, just outside New York City. Philly and New York, they're, they're, the city of brotherly love fits here, real, here really well. Now, obviously not. Eagles went 2-0 against the Giants this year when they were both at full or fullish strength. The Eagles beat them bad, 48-22. They also played in Week 18 when the Giants were playing their third stringers. The Eagles were, did not have Jalen Hurts, didn't have Lane Johnson. The Eagles still won 22-16. to Here's what Brian Dable, the Giants head coach, had to say about getting ready to play Philly a third time. Concern ourselves with our, our preparation and our, our process and our practice habits and doing everything we can do as a coaching staff and as players to get ready to play a game. And we're in a short week here. Uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I understand we just played these guys twice here in the last month. We'll play them again here coming up. So um, there's familiarity on both sides, but there's always a process that you have to go through and, you know, we'll be a one less day to do it. So a lot of work that needs to be done. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites in this game. Aaron, what do you think? I think it's a dangerous game for Philadelphia. I mean, I'll pick them straight up, but I like the Giants against the spread. Um, I think the Giants are playing their best football right now. I think the Eagles were playing their best football in October, and that's always dangerous. And then I also think the Hurts situation for Philly is going to be really interesting to watch. Is he 100% healthy? And does he have rust? Because he's really made a couple of throws the last five weeks of the season. And they're coming off the bye. So if I'm the Giants, I got to get off to a good start. But I think there's a world in which their quarterback plays better than the Eagles quarterback does in this game. And the Giant defense has played really well of late, too. So I think this is a dangerous game for Philadelphia. I think it's a dangerous game also, too, because uh, and I hate I hate this cliche, right? I, I hate it. It's really hard to beat the team three times in one season. But it's really hard to beat a team three times it's in one cliche, season. It's a cliche, Michael, because, because it's, true. it's true. No, I, I you know, I, I, I want to take the Giants in this game. I, I want to take them, like, straight up to win and upset Ooh. Philadelphia. <laughs> I want to, but I'm not there yet. I'm back on Kenny and Carlin again on Thursday, and I'm doing other shows later in the week. I, so I may get there, but as of today on Tuesday, I'm yeah. going to take Philly but I, to win, but I'm going to take the Giants with the points because I think we're starting to see the best of Daniel Jones. And Saquon Barkley 
those two guys, they can shorten games. They can put pressure on opposing offenses because they can have sustained drives. We saw that against Minnesota. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's possible, but, but Philly's really, really talented and really deep, and that secondary is way better than anything Minnesota has. Well, listen, too, I, I think uh, the Eagles' offensive line is going to have their hands full in this game. They might have the best line in the league, but that Dexter mm. Lawrence is all over the place right now, and Kayvon Thibodeau has been great in the second half of the year as a rookie. So I think those are the really two key players for the Giants, I, I like Philly to win the game outright because of the edge they have at one position, and that is wide receiver. The Giants have a bunch of guys playing over their heads, but let's be honest, none of them were on your fantasy football team this past year. Meanwhile, the Eagles are just loaded between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and they've just got better playmakers, and I think in the end, in the fourth quarter, those guys are going to make enough plays to get the Eagles past this game, but... You know, I, I think Daniel Jones has proven himself. I think he's going to be back in New York again next year. I do think there's a little bit of he played well in wild card, so we're all going to overreact and say sure. that he's like a top five quarterback left in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I don't think that, uh, and that's ultimately why I will pick Philadelphia to win the game outright. Although I might like the Giants to keep it close. I think Aaron Goldhammer is foreshadowing something that may be coming later in the show here. That's some good tease radio right there. However, I'm just not there with you in terms of, A, I don't know if you meant the Eagles' offensive line is one of the best in the league because that I agree with. The Giants' defensive line is not the best defensive line left in the playoffs, so we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, it's a really interesting game. I'll say they're playing a really interesting game. Yeah, they they, are. They they wrecked Minnesota, and it's probably the number one reason why they won the game, even though it's not flashy like... Dan Dimes and Saquon Barkley. Sure. And by the way, I had Sterling Shepard and Lawrence Cager on my fantasy teams at different points this year, but it's a really, really deep league. And Sterling Shepard was playing great until he got hurt. He would have been a difference maker, but he's been out for months and months and months. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers you switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. The voice you hear alongside me is Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein filling in for the guys today. We're going to go to Sunday and game one on Sunday. That's starts at 3 o'clock Eastern. Bengals at Bills. You know, Aaron, obviously so much of this game, the first time these two teams were supposed to play, we all know what happened. DeMar Hamlin gets very seriously injured. We're all so happy at the progress that he has made. This game is going to be in Buffalo. The Bills are favored by five points. I get the sense there's going to be a lot of emotion tied to this game because there's going to be a lot of memories tied to the to all of this over the next few days. I, I really don't know what to think here in this game, Aaron. Yeah, it was funny. We were on, I think, last week or two weeks ago filling in on this show, I forget, and we brought up the possibility of DeMar Hamlin being there at this game and the pop on the crowd if he was to come out on that field, which now we know he's doing well enough that that might be possible for Sunday, would be wild. I think the home crowd in Buffalo would be crazy. And I think this, I think both of these teams were playing backup or third-string quarterbacks last week. I don't think either one of them played their best last week. I'm not going to overreact to that. I think the winner of this game is going to go to the Super Bowl. And I think that both QBs in particular – are going to really play great in what I expect to be a real classic where both teams are going to bounce back from pretty lackluster performances on Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, it, it's hard, right? The Bills are favored by five. I think that's 
I think that's a little high. Now, obviously, there's a three-point bump in there usually, maybe even a little bit more. Who knows what Vegas is feeling about having to go play in Buffalo. I really love what I've seen from Cincinnati. I really do. I think that Joe Burrow is playing as good as any quarterback in the NFL at the moment. Josh Allen's made some mistakes. We saw it last week. Crisp or not, like there were concerns there against Skylar Thompson. Like Skylar Thompson is not in the same level of quarterback even as Tyler Huntley. Okay, Tyler Huntley is a better quarterback than he is, especially for that offense. I, I like Cincinnati in this game. I think their offense right now is causing problems for everybody, and I still don't know how you defend them. And I don't think anyone's really figured it out. Aaron. Yeah, two, two areas of concern for Buffalo. They still don't run the ball. I mean, they don't even try. Yeah. And then Josh Allen's got to stop throwing the ball to the other team. Now, he's gotten some unfair criticism on this a little bit because some of these passes are bouncing off a guy's hands. I think, though, he has to learn and approach this game, though. You can't throw a 75-yard touchdown pass on every single play. (laughs) I appreciate confidence, and some would say I host radio shows, like I'm trying to throw a 75-yard touchdown pass in every single segment. But take a check down, throw the ball away every once in a while. You don't have to be the hero. You, You have other players on your team that could step up and help you And until Josh Allen sees that, I'm worried that he could make the one or two mistakes that would really cost him. I like Buffalo because of the emotional lift and the fact that I think they'll get a big bump from playing at home. And I also think Cincinnati's gotten some breaks the last couple years in the playoffs. You know, they they won really three close playoff games in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl last year. And then this year... They're about to fall down by seven in the fourth quarter, and the ball literally falls out of the sky like manna from heaven into <laughs> Sam Hubbard's arms. So I don't know that that's a sustainable way to go. I'll, I'll take Buffalo. I don't know about the spread. I'll probably stay away from that. But my early read on this is I think that Allen will play better and the Bills will win. No, you know, I, I do go. But like I said, this is another tough game, and I, I'm going to go back and forth probably on it all week because I don't have a lot of conviction yet. It's the but, best game of the weekend. Yeah, but, 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 Jesse Bates, he, he's a difference maker in that secondary, and he's the type of guy that can maybe bait Josh Allen on some of those deeper throws and maybe force a turnover or two. And then the offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, like you said, the difference could be Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon is going to be the best running back on that field and one of the best players on that field. And those two things, being able to run the ball in the postseason, that's critical. And, I, right now, I'm going with Cincinnati, but I'm reserving my right by the time I have to make a pick later in the week to change my mind. Last game of the weekend, and oh, it's a classic rivalry. Cowboys at 49ers. This is in what is it, Santa Clara. That's where they play now, right? At Levi's Stadium. Spread is Niners minus 3.5. So that's essentially a pick I'm here. You've got Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott. You've got one of the best defenses in the NFL, one of the better offenses, or in theory, one of the better offenses in the NFL. Aaron, what are you looking at? Well, first of all, this reminds me of 1994 when I was a kid and I was 11 (laughs) years old. The Cowboys and 49ers playing in the playoffs, that's going to draw a huge number. Um, I think this is the game where Brock Purdy crashes back to earth. If you look at the teams the 49ers and Purdy have beaten, it is hardly a murderer's row. They haven't seen a defense anything like what the Cowboys and Dan Quinn are bringing. 
I expect this to actually be, Michael, a very low-scoring physical game because I'm not sure either quarterback is going to play well. Prescott against the great Niner D, and I think the Cowboys will have a little something for Mr. Irrelevant. They might, except for the fact that Brock Purdy's handled everything that we have seen him that he's had to deal with so far, and he's handled it really, really well. Dak Prescott played incredible, incredible in the in the wild card game. Four touchdowns, 305 yards. Best game of the season by far. But it's also the first game of the season since November 20th that he didn't throw in interception. San Francisco's defense might be, and I don't want to say might, it is the best defense in the NFL. It has stars at all three levels. They're going to cause major problems for Dak Prescott here, Aaron Goldhammer. Plus, they're playing at home. Dallas is playing on a short week. I don't like this at all for the Dallas Cowboys, not in the slightest. Well, San Francisco probably is the best balanced team, 1-53 to left in the playoffs. I could argue now they sort of feel like the favorite to me in the NFC because people have so much confidence in Purdy. Here's my concern for the Niners. If that quarterback falls behind, I just don't know what's going to happen. And I, he is proven every single thing so far he deserves a ton of credit he is a seventh round rookie quarterback history tells us when you get this deep into the playoffs with a rookie quarterback especially one picked in the seventh round the odds of you winning and advancing get less and less and less and i would worry if they were behind and they really needed him to make some throws i don't know how he would handle that they've been able to front run in every game and a lot of them are wins over the arizona cardinals and the rams and the seahawks they have not beaten a double digit team with wins yet with brock purdy at qb yeah, see, I, I don't. That doesn't. That doesn't bug me. Doug, but that does not bug me as much. You got me tongue tied there. I, I think Brock Purdy's going to be fine. I really do believe that because, again, it, look at the ones that are. Yeah, Chris, I mean McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk. You know, yeah, Chris, Brandon Ayuk, Eli Mitchell, like George Kittle. I mean, that right there, you don't need to really worry about it all that much because you just got to put him in a position to be successful. Where you, If you're Dallas, you need Dak to make plays. And while we saw it last night, I, I'm just concerned about it against a high-quality defense like we've seen. Coming up next, we're going to get a little bit of a different perspective, a front office perspective on what's maybe next for all of these quarterbacks we've been talking about throughout the show, including Tampa Tom Brady. That's next here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, if you just heard the update from our great Christine Lisi, you heard Aaron Rodgers kind of go, eh, maybe, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I think I can win an MVP somewhere. Is it Green Bay? Eh, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's somewhere else. Well, this is going to be an interesting, interesting offseason. Alongside Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Michael Rothstein here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80. And wherever you listen on your smart speaker, we're filling in for the guys but, but, today. Michael, he's under contract, right? He is I mean, under for, contract. For like but that doesn't like $50 million a year. So what, yeah, what is, but, well, here's the thing. Does we're he gonna think get, he plays in the NBA? Then he could just get out of any situation I mean, wants? he is a part owner of the Bucs, so maybe. Maybe he's, maybe he's thinking NBA dollars. But we're going to get... We're going to get some answers here, right? We're going to go out to our phones, and we're going to get joined by Randy Mueller, a former NFL executive. He's the host of the Football GM podcast on The Athletic. He has a website, MuellerFootball.com. He was a 2000 NFL executive of the year. He's in the NFL for over 30 years. Uh, I'm giving you a big intro here, Randy. Thanks for joining <laughs> us here for a couple minutes. So I want to start with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if you heard the clip during the update or not. He's saying he thinks he can win MVP. Maybe it's a Green Bay, maybe not. Like, what If you were in... Brian Gutenkus' seat. What would you do with the Aaron Rodgers situation at the moment? Yeah, boy, oh boy, where do I start? Um, I feel like Aaron's trolling all of us, and we all, we all, including the Packers, right? So yeah, it puts them in a tough spot, without a doubt. I think they knew when they made the deal with him that this would come up probably again. I guess we don't know, and you guys mentioned it. We don't know the details within the contract, but obviously the Packers have his rights. He's under contract. I don't think they have to agree to anything unless they had some side agreement that said, hey, come here for a year. We'll, we'll agree to deal you somewhere else after this year. I guess people's word could always be involved. We just don't know where those negotiations were and how much were above the table, so to speak. So uh, it's tough. Obviously, you're, you're holding your own franchise a little bit hostage if you delay decisions like this. I think it cost them last year. As a GM, it would be a nightmare because you really can't make a plan. You can't figure out where your cap's going to be. You can't figure out where your quarterback's going to be. I think they would be okay with Jordan Love, but obviously it's a different team without Aaron Rodgers in every way. So they've got questions, and I'm I'm imagining Brian Gutekus wants the answers ASAP. I guess, as we know, though, Rodgers does things on his own time frame, and it, it, it puts the franchise in peril until he does. How much does Tom Brady have left, Randy? You know, that's a great question because the Tom Brady I've seen this year hasn't been what I've seen in the past. Now, it's easy to say uh, the game last night, he wasn't as sharpest, but I'll say this, the Buccaneers roster isn't as sharp as it's been either. So there's perimeter players, there's some things around him that, especially up front, that aren't the same. The defense has not played great. So I think he may not have much left for Tampa, but I think in his mind, he wants to play somewhere else. Where that ends up being, I think we'll all find out soon. My guess it'll be West somewhere and, and maybe a, a connection uh, with Josh McDaniel in Vegas. I don't know that. Um, I, I wish, and this is just my opinion, guys, I almost wish he would retire because I want to remember him for what he was, not for what <laughs> he's going to be. You know? 
Randy, I'm sick of talking guess. about yeah. it. You know, I mean, geez, yeah. it's, at some point he needs to be a guest and not a topic on these shows. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, no, Randy, I think we're all in agreement there. We've been talking about that all, all show long. This is Randy Mueller, former NFL executive host of the Football GM podcast on The Athletic, joining us here on Kenny and Carlin. And, uh, you were among the many teams you worked for in your NFL career. You were with the Chargers for basically a decade. They had mm-hmm. a historic collapse on Saturday night. What's the mindset of that organization? And are you surprised that they haven't made larger moves than the getting rid of Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator and their quarterbacks coach? Today? You know, not really. I just think the Chargers are one of the most patient groups I've ever been around. Um, they methodically make decisions. They won't do anything off the cuff. I think they really believe that Brandon Staley is their guy. It's you know, their, their hierarchy there, it's the third attempt at a, at a head coach that they've hired, and I don't think they're ready to give up yet. I don't think they want to throw in a towel. Now, the rest of us might have different feelings, but I think their agenda is to carry on. And like you say, they made the move with the OC today. Um, I don't think Brandon Staley is going anywhere. And, and, yes, that's after 10 years with the franchise of just knowing the participants. So I think they'll continue to try to churn their roster a little bit. They never do a ton, and, and – I wish they would because I think the the depth of their team has always been lacking, and hopefully they can add to that. But they're gonna they're gonna ride with Brandon Staley. I'm I'm almost positive of that. Yeah, that, I, I, go I, ahead, I go ahead, Michael. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. I want to follow on that really quick, just to kind of wrap up the Chargers situation. At what point does Tom Telesco, who you worked for, to be clear, at what point does Tom Telesco take blame on this too? Because he's been the GM since 2013. Well, they've had a couple playoffs years. I know they've hung their hats on that, but they have struggled, in my opinion, to get the coaching hire right. Um, that's, that's, I guess, my point. I don't, who, not many get a chance to hire two. They've hired three there, and so if Brandon went, that, this would be their fourth one they would hire. So it's almost admitting uh, fault, and I just don't see that happening. I mean, I, I know Tom well. I like him. I think he's a good evaluator. Um, I think he's a good fit for them. That is always important with the Chargers is that somebody from the outside fits the agenda and the people within the building. And that's where a lot of these GM jobs go to nowadays. You fit inside the people that are already there so that you don't rock the boat at all. And it's more about fit than it is getting the right person. Randy, what do you think when you hear that Lamar Jackson didn't even make the trip to be with his team in Cincinnati on Sunday night? I think it's more than frayed. I think the relationship has soured. Um, That would never happen if everything was good. The fact that he sent out the tweet last week uh, to explain his medical condition, that is far from club policy. You would never see that happening. My guess is that made the Ravens cringe a little bit. It was almost like Lamar thought they were leaving him hanging and he had to stick up for himself. If they were on the same page, the Ravens would have done that. I mean, I've done that for many players, went public on some things just to make them look good and show the public that we're lockstep. That obviously hasn't happened. Um, I don't know what will happen. I don't think Lamar is ever going to get the contract that he wants or that he thinks he deserves from them, but that's professional sports. Very few do. So you can't really name your terms and name your price the whole time through. It's, It's what can I get based on the rules. And I think they're well within their rules to offer what they did. If it doesn't make Lamar happy, he's got to play within those rules. And when I say rules, it's the rules of negotiation in the CBA. So they know they have tags available. 
They may or may not use them, but they have options, and, and they don't have to do anything with Lamar. And I think they feel like they don't have to give him a guaranteed, fully guaranteed deal, and that's why they didn't. We're talking to Randy Mueller, former NFL executive, host of the Football GM podcast on The Athletic. I want to follow up on that because you've been in that GM chair before. Like, What would you do with Lamar in that situation? Because it seems like it's so tricky. It's tricky because, and it's always been tricky with Lamar, not because he's not a good player, because he's a very good player, but his style comes a little bit at a price because there's only certain things that you can do on offense that his skill set really you know, jumps out at you to do. You'd be crazy not to do it if he was going to be your quarterback. So I think the big thing the Ravens have to either decide or not is that we want to run this kind of offense. Do we want to run the Lamar offense? To this point, it's won them a lot of games, but it hasn't pushed them far into the playoffs. So I think that's the hard one for them, is do we pull the plug on this and take a different route offensively, not necessarily a, a strike against Lamar? What do you think you could get for him in a trade right now, Randy? You know, I don't know, but I think people would be surprised because there's not a ton of NFL offenses that it's a seamless fit into. It's Again, it comes at a little bit of a price. Um, he's not going to be the pocket passer that most NFL teams desire, and so you've got to commit to a little different offense, and I think that'll eliminate half the teams. Now, there are teams that are desperate at that position. I mean, obviously, it's a quarterback-driven league, We'll just have to see if somebody's willing to say, hey, we need to step up. This guy can change our franchise and make us a lot better. Um, and I think that probably would be a market for it. What they can get, I don't know. My guess is they'll tag him and find out. They might be able to get a, a first-round pick and something else. I don't know that it would garner the loot that I hear a lot of people surmising that it would. We're talking about Former NFL executive, host of the Football GM podcast, Randy Mueller. And Randy, really quickly before we let you go, the, the Tua situation in Miami. Like, what, as a former GM, as a guy who's been around the league for so long, what do you think about kind of how that might play out and what's really going on here? You know, just in maybe 30 seconds or so. I think it's, it's tough because you're talking about a smaller frame guy with durability issues. But they had to cross that box off when they got him because he had those issues when he came out. I think they're going to spend some money on the best backup they can get, and that way they've covered themselves. I think they've made up their mind, two is their guy. Let's spend and find a way to pay somebody substantial money as an option instead of 1A, 2A, and I think then they're covered. That's just my opinion. Randy, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. This was great stuff. Anytime, guys. Take care. That was Randy Mueller, former NFL executive, host of the Football GM podcast on The Athletic and at his website, Mueller Football. Dot com. Coming up next, we're going to dive more into what Randy just talked about with Tua and his future in Miami, what that might look like. This is Kenny and Carla on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. So one of the most interesting quarterback situations that's going to be in the offseason doesn't have to do with Tom Brady. It doesn't have to do with Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't have to do with Lamar Jackson. It has to do with a guy who we all know is going to be back with his team next season or 99.9%. That is Tua Tungleavoa. This is Kenny and Carly on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. And we're on your smart speaker, too. Alongside Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Michael Rossi. We're What's filling the name in for the of guys. that quarterback again? Let's yeah, I butchered it. I butchered it. I butchered it. Two words to Mungavila. I just call him Tua. got to go back and pull that. i got to hear that again. That was a heck of an effort. Let's just call him Tua. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. If we, if you have the good, remember the old, the guy, the guy with the Bulls, the heat, Bulls heat series where he said, good job, good effort. Was yes. that a decade ago? That <laughs> now in my head, that is playing in my head, Aaron Goldhammer. Good job, good effort. But one person who can explain why, I'm just going to say Tua, why they're going with Tua as a starting quarterback for sure next year is the Dolphins general manager, Chris Greer. Here's his explanation of why they're sticking with their quarterback. Yeah, I would say with Tua, he's our starting quarterback. So, I mean, I don't know how we could say it any more clearly that we've been that way um, through this season and what he's done and um, what Mike and Tua, Bevel, Chandler, the coaching staff have all done. They've all worked tremendously hard, all of them together. So, um, you know, Tua's, we anticipate him, worked with talking with the doctors and consultants and everyone we've dealt with. Uh, we fully expect him back next year, 100% ready to go. And then, uh, We'll get through all those decisions, you know, like I said, just like we talked about every player on the roster. And obviously I understand because it's Tua, and that's why the question's being asked. But um, we'll go through our process, but he is our starting quarterback and will be next season. So, Aaron, we hear that. Tua is very clearly, Chris Greer said it like seven times in 40 seconds, Tua is going to be their starting quarterback next year. But how, what level of concern do you have regarding Tua, not necessarily what he does on the field, but everything right. that surrounds it. Because well, that's why we're talking about I, I mean, for, first of all, for Chris Greer to act like it's some shocking question or something, I mean, he his answer, you know, was emphatic, but it didn't really put to bed the fact that people are worried about his long-term health. Um, you know, they say he only suffered two concussions this year. I played doctor on TV, but I think he probably suffered three. Um, any neurologist will tell you, you know, if you get up near five, six, seven concussions, I don't know what your football future even really looks like. So I don't doubt that he's planning to start the year as the Dolphins quarterback. But if he gets one more concussion, this isn't just one that he's going to go into protocol for a week and then he's going to be back out there playing QB again. I don't think that it's as clear as Chris Greer is making it out to be in that soundbite, certainly. No, I mean, well, that's part of this, right? Like, and this is what it's always bothered me, because part of what they said, and we don't have that, that clip necessarily, is that he's not more susceptible to concussions than anybody else. And sure, that might be true in the small micro version of it, but it is what happens if he gets another one, if he gets two more. Like, how that affects him. And I care about how it affects him in the short term, right? 
but I almost in some ways don't care about the short term. I'm thinking bigger picture globally, how this could affect him long term, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. We've seen the realities of CTE. We've seen the realities of the effects of concussions and brain because they are brain injuries. Let's be very clear about that. Concussions that are brain injuries on players in the NFL and what happens later in life. We've seen that. And to me, I think there needs to be just a longer conversation about that part of it when we're talking about Tua. And it's in some ways, Aaron, I feel like it's unfair to Tua just because of, like, he didn't ask for this. He didn't want any. He doesn't want necessarily this conversation. But Uh it is unfortunately for him for the rest of his career more than likely going to be part of the conversation when we're talking about Tua. You know, it's funny. Michael, we think about these guys as gladiators, and we don't really see what's going on underneath that helmet. Um, if I'm Tua's parents, if I'm, you know, Tua's family, if I'm Tua's, I am really concerned about the long-term health effects that football is going to have on him, more than like the average person or player. And I, I think somebody needs to be looking out for what's best for him as a person, because I think he's the kind of guy that wants to go back out there and play. I think that if doctors had let him, he would have wanted to play in Buffalo on Sunday, you know, I, I, I'm sure he would have loved to have been out there. Um, and But somebody has to be looking out for the health and safety of the player. Now we know this more than we ever did before. Now it used to be, I mean, look, I'm sure 20 years ago Tua would have been out there playing. Probably. You know, with, with, with the way we looked and approached, quote unquote, getting your bell rung. Um, but if I'm Tua's... Like I said, his his family, if I'm thinking about him as a person and not just wanting the Miami Dolphins to win football games, I, I'm worried. I'm worried yeah. about what his long-term future really looks like. I, they, and you should be, Aaron. And everybody should be. Because you look at it, right? I, I think of a guy that I didn't cover him in Detroit, but I was living in Michigan when he was there. And that's Javid Best. He's a first-round pick. Had a history of concussions coming into the NFL, suffered a lot, ended up having to retire because of them. I I think of guys like that when we're talking about Tua because at some point someone needs to step in and say, hey, listen, man, like, I get it. I I understand what you're trying to do, but like, man, just, just... you just you just became a father. Like think of the longer picture. Think of the bigger picture. The more the more important global thing because there is life after football. And I think I, the conversations I had with guys in the locker room after the Demar Hamlin situation, obviously different situations, but they're like, hey, remember that football is not your identity, and that is such an important thing. And players sometimes get lost in that, and they really can't. And it's so so critical. Coming up next, did the Cowboys make a statement? Well. You know, we'll find out. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. To a tongue of vote. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.